Hi, welcome to A Couple of Thought Podcast. We are your hosts, Chaya and... Elimelech. Avers. Oh, God. Are we Avers or Evers? Or Avers. Depends where we live. Together, we will be discussing our passions for food, politics... Judaism and marriage. Yeah, exciting. So, join us for our podcast and you will be blown away by our... Couple of Thoughts. Hello, everybody. Hello. It's us, Melech and Chaya. We are back and better than ever. Episode three. Episode three. And you know what? We wouldn't be here without you, our listeners. Who have been so loyal and complimentary towards us. That's nice. Meet some people on the streets like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, that's awesome. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're having the giggles. Um, all right. So we're and recovering. We haven't even started yet. I know. Get ready for the laughs. We are now three weeks after the Chagim. It's already three weeks? We're in the middle of the third week after Sukkot. Mm-hmm. We survived. Yes, we're still here to tell the story. <laughs> so we have a lot of exciting things to talk about and catch up with all of you. We missed you guys. Yeah, when was the last time that we podcasted? Was uh, Before Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. yeah. It was very nice. We just passed a whole month of a lot of holidays and a lot of holiday, Shabbat, holiday, Shabbat, holiday, Shabbat, and again, holiday and Shabbat. And, <laughs> and then Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, hectic, but it was very nice. Usually after Tishrei, the whole month with all the holidays, I'm quite drained and not in the mood anymore to go on with like, again, going to shul and again... This year was actually uh, pretty nice. I did not have that feeling so much. I'm glad and, that you feel that way. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it was partially because there was a lot going on during, especially the last few weeks. And Roshana Yom Kippur is already so long ago. Yeah. Now that it's, um, it was a nice, it was a very meaningful, um, at least for me. High month. holidays. Uh, Real high holidays. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed a lot of the guests and the family around. So yeah, I was actually quite happy. Yes, and I think for us living here in Amsterdam, you know, it took time for us to cultivate a community where we feel, you know, part of it and um, also to help grow our community and our shul. And I think that we enjoyed very, very much to see how much growth our community had this high holiday season with so many families and children. And I think for for me, when I see that our children love to go to shul and they love to daven and they're singing and they're coming home so happy that they saw friends and that they have joy in their in the Judaism, that bring that brings a lot of satisfaction. Yeah, we sowed a lot the past few years, and now we're really starting to reap the benefits of our work. 
that we have put into the community in the past few years. And but it's we, not only us, it's no, all no, no. of our friends and everyone no, around for us sure. the um, whole community. doing it there as well. There was a lot of people that put a lot of effort into it. Obviously, us the most, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, but, Don't get all like... <laughs> no, no, but um, altogether, you could really... This year, you're really able to see the amount of people that came to show every every prayer. We had like a full show and people were happy to come and we had a big sukkah and... It was really, really We had really dancing nice. for women. We had dancing for men. We had for children. It was just... Different events. A, yeah, it was really, really... Um, with like yeah. an amazing ending of the whole... I don't remember a hug like this since I actually moved to Holland, which is yeah. almost 10 years soon. So for us, I think that was really special and we really appreciated it. Yeah. So thanks to our community, guys. We're your groupies. <laughs> <laughs> and to Rabbi Stanton, who really makes a difference. He's our rabbi now for one year. And he really made a big difference in Corona. The past year that we, the year that we just passed was hard also for him and for us as a whole community. But I really feel that we came out another end as far as we are right now, much stronger and better than we were before. And I think he's a big part of that. Yeah. So um, thank you, Rabbi Stanton, for giving us such an inspiring holiday shout out to you. Um you were saying that when the holiday finished, the Yom Tov finished, you felt very invigorated and energized. And I'm really happy for you that you felt that way. I was a bit tired. I don't know if I felt that way, but I do have to say that we enjoyed our guests that joined us in the sukkah um, immensely, intensely. Um, we had great conversation Great, great food. Great food, which we're going to talk about our new recipe that we want to share because it was just amazing, phenomenal. Shout out to my sister, Diddy, who gave me some of the ideas. So um, Good stuff. Yeah, and we ate well and we um, enjoyed. enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think also what made you very tired was the weekdays, Chagim, and then Shabbos, Shabbos yeah. Chagim, Shabbos. So that was... Very draining also for like the food process and everything. But I think it was very nice to have all the guests and everything. All, to, all in all, it was very nice. Yeah. And I also, I think that something that I've learned also is I used to make like way too much. And maybe my guests will say I still make too much. <laughs> but it's still nothing compared to what I used to make, which was just not enough people could consume that amount of food. And I realized that sometimes less is more and it's classier and it's tastier and you get to really enjoy a nuanced meal. So I really um, happy that I learned how to do that. And I also learned how to make certain things and freeze in advance and stock up like on cakes and desserts and all those soups. things. Soups. So thanks to Mama, my mother-in-law, she lent us a huge pot where I made this huge soup and then I just froze it all and had tons of stock to make many other delicious amazing, amazing soups. soups oh my gosh yeah. oh we have to talk about that the 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 air to soup that was just beyond split air to, that was also really really good yeah, we had a bunch um, of good soups, very especially Dutch. in the soup it was very nice to have all the nice different flavored soups yeah with a chicken based well, the truth is we had a very warm sukkah from the heater, but we didn't even need it because it was so beautiful outside. We had amazing weather yeah, as well. We didn't have one day of rain. The day after they did the, the tefillat tal, which is the prayer for rain for the new season. That's when um, it started raining. It started to rain. So it was like, um, I mean, legend has it or Jewish um, 
um, wisdom says that when it rains after um, on the day of Tefillah's Tal, it means we're going to have a year filled with blessings. So bring it on, baby. Yeah, let's bring on a baby. Let's bring on the blessings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melech, should I share about the pulled beef? Yes, let's have the pulled beef. Okay, Explained. so starting off with our food, which we love to eat, um, we got a few frozen briskets this um, holiday season. And brisket is a cut of meat that needs to be cooked um, in slow and low heat. And it doesn't need a lot because it's just such a tasty, delicious piece of, I think, the shoulder. And it has, no, for the stomach or the shoulder? It's close to the shoulder. Oh, okay. There's so many layers of fat that it's just juicy and delicious kind of meat, and it's a very Jewish kind of cut, um, and it could be made in all kinds of ways, which I experimented a lot this holiday season. But I decided I wanted to have something different, and we just we boiled a brisket. Uh, I put it in the crock pot like an hour or two before the holiday came in on medium heat. And it went for like 24 hours, kind of, like overnight. And I just filled it up with water. I didn't add anything, no spices, nothing, just water. And I dropped the brisket inside and said, Chag Sameach. <laughs> and Melech, what do you have to say? What did we do with it? The next morning before the meal, like, no, in the middle, like right when we were sitting down to eat, I removed this boiled brisket from the crock pot it almost falls apart it's from in a slow cooker yeah and what color was it inside it was still pinkish it was pink like this beautiful pink yeah it was amazing the the flavor was amazing it pulled apart amazingly in that like in a wrap or like a piece of challah yeah so let me explain this to you you pull it apart you shred it with a fork and then i poured on top barbecue sauce that was warmed up and that was the idea for my sister. And I poured the warm barbecue sauce on top. And then we kind of had like a meze of like different things like pickled onions, guacamole. Um, what else? Hummus. No, a meze. Hummus. <laughs> <laughs> all different things. And we had tacos. Do we have tacos? Wraps. We had wraps yeah, and pitas and, and, and sourdough bread. And then you like made this like amazing piece of like crispy sourdough bread with like avocado and pulled beef on top topped with jalapenos like um pickled jalapenos and pickled onions oh my gosh it was so good it was very good i hope our guests enjoyed it as much as i (laughs) did did. it was all done and the kids loved it it was it was like a win for everyone so if you want to know how to make pickled beef i mean not pickled beef pulled boiled beef brisket just drop it in there forget about it and you have it the next day. We also tried it on Shabbos. Yeah, instead where, of a chant, to have pulled beef yeah, for Shabbos afternoon. And it was also a winner, winner, winner. <clears throat> meat for lunch, not for yeah. dinner. <laughs> and um, I think another way to try it is with a... We did it also once with a pekel fleece, that you buy a whole pekel fleece in Marcus. But I'm not sure how you say that in English, pekel fleece. But it's also... It's, it's a, a pickled brisket, yeah. Pickled brisket. A yeah. pickled pastr- a navel pastrami, I don't know. So, well, I didn't I didn't try it this way, so we have to actually try it, and we'll get back to you how it works with the pickle fleece. So that's about food. Oh, my God, it was so good. Yeah. So check that with the food. Yeah. You go to politics. Politics already. That's heavy. Food yeah. is so yummy. Politics well, is so ill. Do you want to go to religion first? Oh, religion also. 
I'm tired of religion. We just finished the high holidays. <laughs> no, actually, politics, I think I, I want to say something very short that I really, really feel that in Holland, we're not there yet. But in America, it's so polarized and it's so two extremes and nobody's listening to each other anymore. And I think that's part of the problem in American politics. Winner takes all where it's order Democrats or the Republicans, where the Dutch system, it's much more of a coalition kind of politics where you have to sit with each other and a few parties together have to come to bipartisanship yeah where the, in america it's it's all fights and and it's so polarized and everybody is bad and then whatever Is but i do have anything? to say that if you don't really read the news it doesn't really affect your life <laughs> no it doesn't that's, <laughs> but that. but that's not fair to say actually because i'm sure there are people in america who whatever is going on is affecting them homelessness affects homeless people but also the bad state of homelessness and addicts on the street leaving their needles and making the environment a dangerous place for people is also really bad for all the the the, the upstanding citizens who don't do those things on the street um or i don't know what else but it's just a really hard situation and covid mandates and regulations that we are so lucky here in the netherlands yeah, that's true. not to have um, we overall in the past year we are whoever complains about the Dutch system and the way the, the Dutch have taken care of Corona and all the regulations, we are very lucky compared to many, many, many other countries that we hear from around Australia, Israel, America, of how they are doing it here in Holland. It's pretty mild and they're not so strict with the, um, how do you say, like the policing it. Yeah, and I mean, you have to show show proof and things like that. And there's also flexibility. If people aren't vaccinated, they could get a PCR test, test or a, or a antigen test. So there's a lot of um, options for people so they can make their own medical choices, which I think is really important in a free society. Yeah. 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 No, so that, 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 that's a good point. And one more thing I want to say about politics here in Holland. Now, elections were, I think, more than half a year ago, and there's still no coalition in the previous um government is officially still there to take care of like the important point mm -hmm. but the bottom line is they haven't really been governing for half a year and we're totally fine so i'm also just thinking how much do we actually need the government we need it obviously for the basics but i think many too many too often we turn to the government for our problems Are you becoming a libertarian? I, I always think was. so. I think I think so because think libertarians don't care. think that we need that much government. People need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think heard... all problems that we have, or many many of the problems I see in the business that I am in at real estate, many of the problems that are there are there because of the government, and mm -hmm. they're not the solution but the problem. Listen, I don't know who said it, but I heard it recently that if we're ever looking to government to solve our problems. We have a problem. That's a problem. So. No, <laughs> Who said have... it? Was it? I don't remember. Someone really smart said it. Probably Megyn said... Kelly. You just, you just said it. But um. uh, that's basically the, the, the politics um, that I just wanted to say today. That, you know, maybe the politicians also need to think about that and see if there's maybe need to be more. I don't know if the word servant is the right word, but they need to be more serving the people than the people serving them. Okay, fair enough. Um, is there anything sticking out on the news that you think is noteworthy to talk about besides for Brian Laundrie? No. <laughs> If you don't know who Brian Laundrie is, Google it. Yeah. Um, very strange story. And I'm also wondering why it's getting so much news attention more than, I don't know, any other story. I mean, it's a horrible, really sad story. A girl went on a holiday with her boyfriend 
and um went missing she went missing boyfriend comes home from holiday without said girlfriend with her car and with her car refusing to talk to her family lawyering up right away and obviously she shows up she's found dead on some trail in the middle of Appalachia or Wisconsin yeah, or yeah in the middle of nowhere and he all of a sudden disappears nobody knows where he is nobody could find him and it's been like since then in the news all the time which is it's very sad but I don't know I'm just wondering there are people who go missing all the time and why this story why this story over others this. maybe because she was like on social media and I don't know I'm not sure it's always difficult with the media it's not so much politics but media it's also things are hyped or not hyped due to what they want for example it's a story that was over here in the media in Holland where the Dutch school is guarded by uh uh, army police the Dutch Jewish school here the, the Dutch, yeah and um, the newspaper had a headline two security guards of the orthodox school fall asleep on duty and that makes it sound like that the private uh, security. security from the cheder from the school fell asleep but if you read the article <laughs> it actually says it's the, the, the policemen police who were outside yeah from from the Marche are the ones that fell asleep but that's something like I, I'm not sure why they do that, but that's like the media. Oh, because trying. it's for clicks. Yeah, it for makes clicks. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Now, and now it is. I, I forgot who I, I was listening to. This guy this week, Megan Kelly. No, no, no. But he was he he like, I think the guy who I ordered the book something holiday. What was his name? John Holiday. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, so he was saying that all. The, these media or um, companies, they just want clicks. So even if they write misinformation, they don't care. So tomorrow they'll retract it. The retraction never gets as much as attention. Ryan Holiday, the retraction never gets as much of attention as the initial the false headline. So they retract it and, 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 and it's retracted, but nobody nobody sees the retraction. So And for some reason, these media companies, they don't get any flack for it either. They just keep going. Like... So it's very trashy I now. think it's a topic for another time, but how the media is really not such a um, referee anymore, as in my opinion, it should be. They have become part of the game, whereas a referee is supposed to be standing on the side and watching the game and making sure that the game is actually <clears throat> played fairly. Yeah. And they have become part of the game, which is, I don't yeah. think, the role of the media. So I've been listening to a lot of interesting podcasts on news and politics and ideas and thoughts of free-minded thinking people with ideas and I came up on something that I thought was so brilliant and I just want to share it and I hope it could be taken in the right context and one of the quotes that are written in this book that I ordered online from Ryan Holiday and I can't wait to read the book um, and it's about stoicism which is basically people who make um, Stoics are people who I think generally make choices based on reason and don't let emotions um, get in the way of the choices that they're making. So people could look at them as like boring people. You're a Stoic, Mel. And, but <laughs> but at the same time, they're very centered and um, using um, very um, controlled way of dealing with life. And I think that's what a Stoic is. Maybe I, I didn't get it all, but... Like in my head, I always thought a stoic is like a very boring person. But he said something, something very... Common sense and not so much emotion. Yeah. 
So he said something very, very good, interesting in his book, and it said, it's good to be difficult. The well-behaved rarely make history. And I thought that was so awesome. Um, not that I misbehave a lot, but we should. In we school, should misbehave. No, but like I'm saying, difficult on ourselves also. The way that difficult in the way we we expect things from ourselves. Be difficult. Be difficult on yourself and easy on your spouse. <laughs> no, I, I just really like the quote. Um, and I think difficult in the way of like push down those barriers. And he also said, every day do something that scares you, which was really interesting for me because... No, I didn't really understand what he meant with that because how, how can you do every day? Like if you do it in general, he said, if I understand correctly, what he said, that you have to get used to doing these kind of things because it's also... Something, everything in life you have to practice in order to get good at it. Well, maybe you don't have anxiety, so you don't understand. I really don't. Okay, so for people who have anxiety, a lot of things scare them. I so guess. if things scare you, then then that means you have to do it. You have to. If you're scared to send that email, Dive send in. that email. I, I, I have to do that a lot because I, I get scared. Like, what if people think I'm bothering them or nudging them or pressuring them? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to start being more difficult. Beware world. Yep. I don't make, know. Make history. Make history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rarely make history. Dif- well-behaved people don't make history. So we're going to start Making misbehaving. Mm, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's enough with politics and, I guess, wisdom of the masses. Right. Which brings us to religion, which we just had a lot in this past month. But I apologize for those that were already in synagogue and heard part of what I wanted to say about life. That... <clears throat> fulfillment in life, happiness. We many times we are looking and focusing on happiness, but happiness is a result and comes after, follows once you have fulfillment and content in life. And I feel very much with religion that our religion gives us that fulfillment and content. You can learn Torah, you can do prayers, and <clears throat> sorry. It sounds like I swallowed a frog. Don't know. My voice is a little cracky, but it's okay. You want some water? It's okay. I just had some water. But um, once you have the fulfillment and you have a reason to live for, that could be your family, obviously your religion, or I think that's a lot of times people do stuff in Africa or do good deeds because they're looking for that fulfillment. And then once they're fulfilled, the happiness will follow that. And that's something that I uh, learned from a book from Viktor Frankl. You always talk about him. I talk about Megyn Kelly, you talk about Viktor Frankl. Yeah, so on on the scale of history, I think Viktor Frankl and... Ryan Holiday? (laughs) I don't know, we didn't read his book yet. (laughs) No, we have to wait until it comes. But I, I really feel that that's a very important part in life, that if you want to be happy and you want to have the fulfillment in life, which a lot of people are, I think, especially the younger generation is looking for, Look for stuff, their fulfillment. And I think he also was saying that in his uh, beginning of his interview, this Ryan Holiday guy, that look for things that make you happy and then go do those things. And you can't do that always. You know, in, in my opinion, a job is a job and you can't always Enjoy have your it. hobby be your, jo- be your job. I but like my job. No, no, I understand. But it can't always be like that. Sometimes the bottom line is you need food on the table. So even if your job is not the most... Uh, funnest job like I worked for a year year and a half in a supermarket in a kosher supermarket not that it was bad 
but that was not my favorite job. But at that point, that's what there was, and that's what I did to put bread on the table. I think it was way funner than working for that copy machine company in New York. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that's a better example, because you that, had fun at least in the in the grocery store. You met so many people, you networked, you actually, yeah. I think, came to the job you have now because you worked in that store. Yeah, that, that's true. So no, and I also don't have bad memories of working in a store. Just it wasn't very challenging for me. Like so. Um, not that I'm saying the job I have now is everyday challenging, but it, um, a job, bottom line is need money. So to bring it all together, like if you, obviously you need to do stuff that you're fun, but I really enjoy my family, my community and stuff like that. So I guess I get my fulfillment and my fun out of that. And the job is whatever it is, but that package that when you have fulfillment plus, uh, then your happiness comes content all those things, then it will follow. And I think that our religion, even though people a lot in our nowadays, modern times are not so much into religion, I think religion really gives a lot of fulfillment and is able to give you what a lot of people go look elsewhere in what order about, to fulfill. What about faith? Fulfill. What is? How does that play a role? Faith. What do you mean? Emunah. Yeah. In, in my personal life, yeah, it's, it's it's for me personally. I I don't know if that's in the general broader uh, spectrum. Also like that, for me personally, I don't believe anything that is happens to me in my life is because of me necessarily. Oh, let's put it differently. The way I believe it, it's you get a present from Hashem from God, um, which you can consider mazel, like what? you get a certain opportunity, but then it's chokhmah, like knowledge. In order to know what to do with it, meaning to say, if I give you right now a present of a million dollars, that's luck, that's mazal. Then afterwards, what do you do with it? That's chokhmah. So God, a lot of times, gives you opportunities, wisdom. yeah, wisdom, knowledge, smartness, like people smart and all that stuff, or street smart, whatever it is, to do the right thing with it. Because a lot of people, you'll give them a million within a year, will be done. So bad they got investments them, bad or investments, or they go on stupid vacations, or they, 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 they put it in the wrong places, they give it to the wrong people, etc. Whereas if you combine, like the lottery curse, yeah, a lot of times the people don't do well when they win lotteries, and they, even though they help them, etc., doesn't make the people happier. And that's what I'm saying. So if you have that balance between one hand, mazel, realizing that Hashem, God gives you those opportunities. And then afterwards, using the brains, your talents that Hashem gave you to channel that right. And I think that's with everything, like the job that I have or that I have had in the past, which I did pretty okay, was the first step is the mazos that I got the job. And then it's the chokhmah, the, the knowledge to, to the channel wisdom. it right, the wisdom to channel it right, to do the right thing with it. And then mm. together, it balances out. And then you can obviously... After a few years, you can always look for new opportunities. But you need to understand that, in my opinion, I believe that 100% of my income comes from God. And whether that's through my talents or through... Um, sometimes money comes very easy. Sometimes it comes very hard. and But in the end of the day, I believe that it all comes from Hashem. And He know, He has unlimited amount of money or health or whatever it abundance, is. That you're in, abundance period. of whatever you need. Uh, happiness um, and that's something you need to um, maybe channel into it because I really believe that that 
and Rosh Hashanah, obviously, it's decided how much uh, money you make the coming year. But Hashem looks at you like a CEO. Like a CEO gets a certain budget for a certain project, but then he's allowed to decide himself how to spend that money. So that's Hashem is like, we are the CEO of our own lives. And Hashem giving us an opportunity. And then we need we are able to to spend it in the way that Hashem gave us the talents and the brain and the know-how and the knowledge and all the things that you got over your life in order to make the right decisions with that, we hope. Wow, I really like that. We're the CEO of our own lives. Yeah. Huh, how did you come up with that? Uh, half and half, because also it's part of it is from a shiur from a Rav that came here a year or two years ago. For Shana, I forgot his name for a second. Eldon brought him down. He spoke in Adagio. Very, very Rabbi nice Tatz. Yeah, Rabbi Tatz was a very, very Rabbi nice speech. Aki- Rabbi Doctor, Doctor yeah. Rabbi Akiva Tatz. Yeah, he 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 said something similar. Not exactly this, but he said something similar on how Hashem decides on Rosh Hashanah your budget. Because the question was, could could be that you decide Hashem decided, let's say you're making a million this year, and he um, you end up making two million. How is that possible? So yeah. Sometimes you get more budget, etc. You're like kind of a manager of the money that Hashem is giving you and sometimes mm-hmm. you need more money for a certain project so Hashem will give it to you even it's during the year and maybe Rosh Hashanah wasn't decided. Well, all I could say is this. We started off talking about politics and now we're becoming philosophers which mm-hmm. I love because it just was brilliant what you just said. Love it, love it, love it. And I and I want to add in also because, oh, because I asked you about faith, emuna, and this is like your take on it. It's like, oh, so a lot of it has to do with ourselves and how we handle our life. And, you know, you're a more pretty chilled guy. You don't have such a hard time with faith. And I think that I struggled with it more than you have in my life. And it comes more because I'm like more the anxiety driven. Sometimes I have been anxiety driven in many instances. And in a way anxiety is certain lack of emunah because when you're anxious about something it means i'm anxious because i don't have control on this situation i don't have control i'm gonna panic i'm gonna yell i'm going to be short of breath i'm going to be sleepless at night so anxiety is basically loss of feeling in control and it could be for anything um friendships um i don't know why that one came up jobs people around you um, husbands, husbands, you can't misbehaving husbands, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, I wanted to share about something that has helped me with anxiety, and um, or as some people call it, anxiety. Anxiety. Leah, shout out Leah Forster. Um, so we are really excited. Sorry. Sorry about that. We are really excited to be sharing our very first advertisement and promotion on a couple of thoughts podcasts so get ready for our first commercial break (laughs) so have you had sleepless nights are you short of breath are you anxious are you overwhelmed well if you're not ellie melech (laughs) then keep listening welcome to incan Incan, known as Incannabis. Incan is on a mission to help people feel better with cannabinoid wellness essentials derived from hemp that are safe to consume and easy to adapt to a daily wellness routine. 
sourcing natural and ethical ingredients are at the core are at the core of everything we create. Incan is changing the way people consider cannabis and the future of wellness by exploring one of the world's most ancient plants and encouraging others to live more mindfully. Made with integrity, safe to consume, easy to use. Visit incan.com. Okay, dear listeners, I don't know. I tried to do commercial voice. I don't know if I'm as good. But Incan is a woman-owned company by my very dear twin sister, Sarah Paris. Shout out to you. Incan is a beautiful, beautiful company. And I call it beautiful because the products are really beautiful. My sister has gone to Colorado and handpicked the best farms, the best companies to source her product. And I'm so proud of her and the product that she's created. And I need to say this as a personal. Um, you have used it. Yes. So um, uh, a while back, I fell down a flight of stairs right before Pesach and I couldn't move my back was like out I even went to the emergency room because I blacked out it was very scary my sister um, Sarah from Incan she came for the holidays and she came with her bottles of CBD her Incan um, oils she rubbed them on my back she dripped them down my throat what she didn't do with her product and I need to say I felt so much better and she has different blends and different infusions and she's probably going to say that I didn't say all the right things because I don't know all the vast products. (laughs) This is not drugs. It's cannabis oil derived Mm -hmm. from um, not the part of the plant that makes people high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're we're talking about the people who who are not Eli Melech that need this product. We do need drugs. And... (laughs) Incan is just a wonderful product. If you have trouble sleeping at night, she's have um, Incan has a tincture for you. It will just help you sleep, help you be calm. And this promotion is only for um, American listeners. Sorry, Holland people. You're going to have to go to your local Holland and Barrett to find your own CBD. Um, and if you would like to have a 20% off your first order, visit Incan.com. That's I-N-C. A-N-N dot com and type in as a promo code Amsterdam and you will receive a 20% off your first order in can. All right. One second. I have to say the last line. Made with integrity, safe to consume, easy to use. Amen. All right. right. And now that we have had our commercial break, we are back. And last topic of tonight, family. Family and marriage. Yeah, we're going to skip the marriage today. It's terrible. No, <laughs> no. I'm in a little bit of a rut about family right now. Why? Because it's getting hard. It's hard? We're going to the next stage. Not necessarily. Maybe for you it's hard. But I'm uh, saying... Our kids are getting big. And they are. We're planning a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Next year, Rosh Hashanah. So, yeah, the kids are really growing up. And actually, I enjoy this a lot with the kids that are older. You can talk to them, have conversations. They're peoples. They're people. They're little people. And actually, this past Friday night, we're having a meal. We didn't have guests. And we were just, for I think hours, we were just sitting and, as we say in Yiddish, yenting with the children, like talking about different things. And, you know, it was very, very nice. No, that was, was really chazadach, but I find it more during the week. Like, 
they they're like people and they're around all the time and they go to bed like at 8 30 9 30 and I'm like oh my gosh like there's still people around I I got so used to like the quiet in the evening because like we yeah. had the bedtime routine and it used to be for many years that after 7 30 the house was quiet kind of quiet and it's just not like that anymore and um so it was just then it was just Mendel who was up later so okay and now it's like David who's up later and Rifka trailing behind and not that I don't love hanging around them but by the end of the day I'm just so tired that I don't feel like I'm there for them till they go to bed and then I feel like I'm I used to so yeah but you also don't really need to babysit them anymore you know they entertain themselves a little bit more mm-hmm. they will, no they are able to and Xbox <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not every night. <laughs> not every night. No, we have we have we we have some rules implemented with technology use and video games and all that stuff, which I find also like really exhausting to maintain. And I think we should do a segment about it, and maybe we could have um, some friends join us, and we can all commiserate together. Um, complain about, about our children. Com- no, complain <laughs> about how how to navigate like technology use with our children because. We're all in this boat together, and we're all trying to navigate it. Some people more than others. Well, I think that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we paused, and now we're starting again. But we're not editing it because it's just raw. Keep Why going, Malach. We can edit. Chayla is a very good editor. No, anyway, so I, I I enjoy this stage, and you know, every stage comes with their different challenges. You know, when they were very small, you had to fight with them to go to bed and this and that. Now they go to bed whenever it's their time. To go to bed, it's not really, it's even even less of a fight. They just know it's... I know, like, I didn't realize. That's really a gift because when it's bedtime, okay, they say, oh, one more minute. But yeah. then they go upstairs and, and they, they get to, to bed. bed. Yeah. Oh. Maybe, high five. Maybe they read a little bit, but uh, we don't know that. No. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the stage. And I also enjoyed when they were smaller. But, you know, Adina is really cute. But it's still... It's more physically exhausting. Yeah. Uh, when they're small, when they're more, small, yeah, yeah, this is more. I always use this analogy, and sorry to be so graphic, but it used to be in our house when there was four little ones, that at five o'clock, every single one of them would poop, whether it was in a diaper or in the toilet. I was wiping four butts, and it was just on a clockwork every day at five o'clock, to the extent that my sister was visiting, and she said, "Let's go to pizza," and I said, "Uh, uh-uh, I don't go to the pizza shop." She's like, "Why?" I'm like, "My kids all need to poop at five o'clock." She's like, oh, come on, let's just go. So we went. I was pregnant with Adina then, I think. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. No, no, no. Rivka was a baby. So we, we were three kids. I go to the pizza shop. Mendel first. I had to take him to the pizza shop toilet, which is already like, you know, me and public toilets don't. Don't do well together. No, I'm already having like. I need CBD. I need CBD, <laughs> Sarah. Drop those things down my throat because, you know. Okay, fine. So Nat, then David. Okay. And then, and she, my sister's like laughing. She's like, "Oh my God, your kids are really clockwork." It's and then, o'clock. cherry on the top, Adina. I mean, Rifka has a major poop attack in her diaper, and I forgot to take diapers with me. I was like, "Honey, we are going home." Mm-hmm. I had the buck feeds then, so we had to bike home. It's pretty funny. Yeah. We did manage to eat pizza in between and everything like that, but yeah, five o'clock was poopy hour. Sorry, no, so it's there, so graphic. Th- so there was obviously good times and hard times back then also and now there's also but i'm saying overall every age comes with its stage and yeah, yeah. i don't know why yeah more 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 amuna to just like no it's gonna be okay and let it go yeah that too 
some some Elsa rhythms in our head. But um, so that's the stage where I find myself now. Like, I don't know. I, I want to be a good mom and I want to make the right choices. And the kids you are getting are, older. Don't worry. Yeah. You're a good mom. Oh, thanks, son. Melech is showing me the T.O., which means it's time out. Like, it's time to stop talking. Um, so oh, we yeah. have shared about our amazing discovery of meat, um, our politics, which was a little bit all over the place, which stemmed into religion, meaning versus faith. And then we spoke about my fears of my children who are growing up. And who will just be fine. They will just be fine, yeah. So, yeah, all in all, that's what we have to share for today. And on our next podcast... We might have a guest. We might have a guest. We might not, because I have something I want to talk about on our next podcast. So, wait for it. It's coming soon. Keep strong. Keep the faith. And... Peace out. Peace out. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our couple of thoughts. And join us again for our next episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything that we discussed today, you are welcome to email at us, email us at a couple of thoughts 2008 at gmail.com. And we wrote 2008 because that's the year that we got married. So anyways, yes, join us again and peace out. The cover song that we have playing in the background is Modani Kolboker from Omer Adam. A song that we love to play for our family and just gives us drive and energy in our service um, to Hashem and our thankfulness for everything that we have in our lives. So we hope you enjoy that song as well.